Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you've clicked, but this is going to be the most awkward part of the entire fucking thing, because once I get talking, I'm good. Once I'm talking, I'm good. I can talk. But introducing myself, terrible. Absolutely horrendous. So I'm just going to get it over with. Hi, I'm Mary. I, this is, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not completely set on the title, but what I've got going on in my mind is the... What did I ha- what did I say? I literally did not write it down, but I said it once out loud to a co to my coworker. Um What? What did I say? Oh my god. Oh, how did we get here? A Riverdale rewatch podcast. <laughs> I'm not completely set on that title, but welcome. Welcome to some version of a Riverdale rewatch podcast. A little bit about me. I am 20 years old, about to be 21. She's a Leo. And I am a lesbian from a small-ass town in Kentucky. So I grew up the hometown girl. I grew up the hometown gal. Um, like, really country, really rural. I'm, like, I'm from about an hour north of Nashville. So real south-central Kentucky Bible Belt. And I might make references to that. I might, My accent might come out a little bit. I try... I have never really had one. I've had more of a Midwestern accent my entire life, but I, it sometimes comes out in moments of emotion. <laughs> my friends from high school used to always tell me, I used to, I used to say, I get, I think I get a little bit more relaxed with my voice when I'm angry or just get excited about something. And they go, yeah, that's when you sound the most normal. So maybe I'll sound normal. I don't know. But I guess I should say, should tell a little bit about how this podcast came into my mind, this idea, because I have had many ideas for podcasts, but none have ever come into fruition, and I feel really like this is just something, I don't want to overthink it, I just want to go in, and I just want to fucking do it. I have been really into podcasts lately, and I have always loved TV and film. I talk about TV and film with my friends all the time. I they tell me I have some good insight. So maybe I'm maybe I'm good at this. I don't know. But I'm trying something out. I just want to go in. I don't want to think about it. I just want to because I tend to overthink things and I'm like, "No, everything has to have a plan." And today is July 3rd. I'm recording this on July 3rd. I want this to be out tomorrow because I listen, this is thrown together because I didn't have a lot of time. I just got back from my hometown. I don't live in my hometown anymore. I live in a city. She's a city girl now. But I just got back from my hometown. So everything's been hectic and busy and crazy, and so now I'm just throwing this together. Hopefully I'll have it out tomorrow. I don't have to work tomorrow because tomorrow's July 4th. I don't celebrate. If you do, good for you, but the only Independence Day I'm celebrating is the one by Martina McBride, and if you don't know that song, look it up. I'm sure you're on Spotify right now. Look it the fuck up. Or I'm sure you're on, like, Apple something. Come on. Look it up. Martina McBride, Independence Day. It's a bomb-ass fucking song. Okay. So, how the pod, my idea for a podcast warped into a Riverdale rewatch podcast was I, I have always watched Riverdale. I watched Riverdale kind of like when it first came out, when the first season was on Netflix. I watched it and I was like, oh my god, this is really good. I really, even to this day, it holds up in my mind. That season one of Riverdale was fantastic, like for for a teen drama was fucking amazing. It was so good, and of course, I watched it when I was like fifteen, but was still fucking good. And I, honestly, rewatching it, it holds up. I've only watched the I've only rewatched the first episode, but it's holding up. The mystery is good. The obviously like there's some cringe, but it's holding up. And my. My coworker has never watched Riverdale, but she saw a post about how they wrap season seven, and I was like, "Oh yeah, like like that's their that's when their contracts ended, you know? <laughs> they were not renewing them shits." Let me tell you something. I feel like this is too. I feel like the audio is shit. I feel like this is too close to me. I don't know. I'm in my vehicle. I'm in my car. I have a lot of roommates, and you know, I just don't want them to hear me say fucking stupid ass shit all the time. And the walls are fucking thin, so I'm just not having that. So I'm in my car in the dead of heat in the summer. I still live in the south. It's fucking hot as shit here. I live in fucking Atlanta. <sighs> the humidity. But it's fine. It's perfectly 100% fine. I'm fine. I've got my San Pellegrino. I've got a full water bottle. We're good to go. But I was discussing, let me get back on track. I was discussing, so she was like, 
oh, season seven wrapped. And I was like, yeah, I haven't seen any of season seven because I usually wait for it to get on Netflix. And the last thing I watched was season six. I don't think I watched it in its entirety, but I could not tell you what happened in season six. Genuinely could not tell you. Um, I know there's like the serial killer convention and because the trash bag killers still lose. That's all I fucking and they have powers. They have powers. So, uh-huh. And so I was explaining to her season one. And I was like, season one was really fucking good. If you watch any of it, watch season one. And then I'm, and then I'm like, I'm trying to go through every season and kind of explain it to her. And it's getting difficult the farther we go in. And she's like, wait. And she asks me mid-explaining, like, I think season one through three. She's like, don't they have powers now? I said, yeah, they have fucking powers now. And she's like, how did that? And I was like, I don't know. How did they get there? How did they get there? Because I'm, I, season one, they seem like just normal fucking people. And obviously, like, trauma will do things to you. But it's getting out of hand, to be quite honest. (laughs) It has gotten out of hand. So in order to kind of assess how out of hand they've gotten I've decided to rewatch put myself through it and go through each episode on this podcast of Riverdale so hopefully you'll enjoy that hopefully you're into Riverdale if you haven't seen it um don't listen to this because there will be spoilers I'm gonna discuss everything that happens in every single episode so be fucking prepared one thing I do have to mention is that after rewatching the first episode I did not realize how much content is in, like, each episode of the first season. Because I thought about it and I was like, why is, like, why is so much happening? It's like I've watched half a whole movie. And, of course, it's the same time as about half a movie. But with TV, you have the luxury of spending more time on certain things so it doesn't have to feel rushed like a movie. I I was like, I feel like if we go 45 minutes, this could be a complete movie and be done, you know? Because so so much had to happen. And then, obviously, season one is only 13 episodes. And all of the other seasons are, like, 20-something episodes long. Like a normal cable television show. So, I think they had to jam-pack. I think the feeling was that they had to jam-pack a lot of information into one season, into 13 episodes, when... And all the other episodes, they've had so much time to kind of get their point across and get their story across. So, very excited to do this. I think season one's going to be a lot. I think it's, it's, it's the best season. It is the best season. And it, it, that's so, it's so rare that you have a show that hits it out of the ballpark in the first season. Because usually with a lot of teen dramas, the first season's kind of shit. And then they get renewed and season two is really where people fall in love with it is really where you gain that fan base and is really where you see the characters shine through and the storylines become really fucking good and then obviously the longer it goes on the harder it gets to continue those storylines but like season one is usually like the just feeling it out kind of point and then season two is like oh fuck yeah with Riverdale they hit it out of the ballpark in season one and so I think that might have been their biggest failure is being so good in season one being so good in season one call caused them to maybe fall off the fucking deep end by season four so yeah I think that that's where that's where it gets you that's where it gets you so I think because it happens so rarely people don't really know what to do when like it's great that you hit it out of the ballpark but you don't really know what to do when when you have that sort of thing happen because it is so rare so now I'm going to get into the episode. Um, I got my my papers here. So opening scene. Opening scene is Cheryl Blossom and her twin brother, Jason Blossom, in this red car with... Re- oh my god, my microphone almost fell. <laughs> As you can see, she's a rookie. But yeah, so opening scene... Cheryl and Jason on in a, this red vintage car. I don't know the exact make and model. I'm not a curl. I'm not a car girly. Okay. And they are driving across. They're, they're driving to Sweetwater River to this, like there's very romantic music in the background. And I just, I just wrote down. It's very Lana Del Rey. It's there's Lana Del Rey. Del Rey is not in the background. 
but it's very Lana Del Rey. It's very of the time of like, we're kind of transitioning out of the Tumblr era because this came out, or I think they were filming in 2016 and it came out in 2017. Don't quote me on that, but it was like early 2017 if it was 2017. But they, it's very romantic. It's very Lana Del Rey. It's very post-Tumblr, but like still 2010s. And obviously I grew up in that era. I am 20. So I was... 15, 14, 15, when the show came out, I want to say I was 15, I want to say, I want to say I was 15 when I watched it on Netflix, but I was 14 when it came out, so obviously, I was of the time, I was, it was the era for, for me to watch this, like, that was, like, people who I went to high school with that were older than me, their, their, their shit was Vampire Diaries. And of course, I love the Vampire Diaries as well. But all my friends who were older than me, their, their teen drama, their CW show, was the, vamp- the Vampire Diaries. And then before that, my cousin, who was about 10 years older than me, her show, her teen drama was Gilmore Girls, you know. So, like, everybody has, I feel like, their era, their, their teen drama. And Riverdale was, was mine. And so Cheryl and Jason take a boat onto Sweetwater River very early in the morning on July 4th. And Jason supposedly reaches for Cheryl's glove that she's dropped into the water and falls off the boat or capsizes it and they both fall into the boat, but Jason drowns. And Cheryl is found by Dilton Doily and some Boy Scouts on a rock, some rocks beside the the river. And I, I wrote this down because I remember Dilton Doily being accused of something later on. So I, I wanted to write it down so that I remembered it for the most part. But yeah, the Cooper. So everybody, they're scooping the, um, they're scooping. I don't know. They're, they're looking for Jason's body in the river. They can't find it. Everybody in the town's there. The Coopers make it a point, especially Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper is so fucking like they're both angry. Both Hal and Alice Cooper are so angry, but Alice is vocal. Alice literally says, "I hope he suffered," and like ah, that's so out of pocket. Number one, because like she's a mother. Like I know that you're angry. I know that you're angry. Like I would be angry too if I felt someone had mistreated my daughter. You know, because that's the storyline that we're given at the beginning is that Jason and Polly were together and he had mistreated her and caused her to have a mental breakdown is what we're given at the beginning. Obviously, we know that that's different, but that's what we're that's what we know. That's what the audience knows at the time. So, like, I get that, like, he did your your daughter dirty, but he's still a kid, like he's still a child and he drowned as far as, you know, and like that's a life lost at the end of the day and the fact that you sit there at the site where he died the last place that we believe him to be alive and you're like I hope he suffered I hope you know like that's just out of pocket and cruel and I feel like I mean it plays into how much the audience hated Alice at the beginning I yeah, I hated Alice at the beginning because I, she's just a controlling mother and I'll get into that later. So after they stop searching the river, we go to Veronica Lodge and Hermione Lodge entering Riverdale and coming up on their new home, the Pembroke. They go inside and they meet Smithers and Smithers, oh my God, top tier background character. He's so, he's just so wholesome and lovely. I love Smithers. Smithers is Oh, he's such a nice man. (laughs) He's so happy to see them. And, like, these are people that, like, employ him. So, obviously, he has to be nice. But this is, like, this this is more than just being, like, nice to your employer. This is, like, like, he loves these people. This is family. Like, he loves them. Like, they are his own kin, you know? So, yeah. So, Hermione talks about ordering food from Pops. And... Veronica asks a very poignant question, a very poignant question that actually never gets answered, and that is, what is a chocolate shop? And I don't believe this has ever been answered in the entire history of Riverdale. So I'm going to look it up right now. 
we're going to get the honest reaction of what the fuck a chocolate shop is. Because I don't know what it is either, dude. What is a chocolate shop? Okay, now it's just showing me chocolate shops near me. What is? What is a chocolate shop? Please tell me. Jesus. A chocolate shop is an all-purpose diner. Or an ice cream parlor. I don't know. It's not giving a straight answer. It's just telling me about Pop's Chocolate Shop. It's saying Pop's Chocolate Shop is a diner located on 99th Thistlebrook Lane in Riverdale, Rockland County, New York, in the United States. Why does it have a full address for a fake place? What the hell? It's literally on Archieverse Wiki. What the hell is a chocolate shop? It's not, there's no straight answer. Um. Yeah, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know what a chocolate shop is. I think it's just a diner with a fancy ass, with a weird ass name. Yeah, but girl, she asked a good question and it never got answered. So then we go and we meet Betty Cooper, who's a lovely little darling. And we meet Kevin Keller, her gay best friend. And I just have to say, after watching the more recent seasons and not having watched season one in a while, I missed Kevin. I love Kevin. I missed him so freaking much. He adds such, he just, he's comedy. And like, yeah, like he's the funny gay friend and like kind of a side character. But like still, he added light to the show that was necessary. And I feel like we haven't gotten that from him in a really long time. And I miss it. I miss him. And he ca- he became more in the in the more recent seasons. But I feel like he was he was just kind of sided after that. Like I know that he and Fang Fang. Am I saying that right? And Tony had their little thing, and I'll say more about that later on. But I, like, so obviously he had some character development with Moose as well, and, like, his love interests and him growing up and doing, you know, being a teacher. But, like, after he and Fangs, Fangs? Is it plural? I don't know. Fangs broke up. It's just, like, he just was, like, sided and, like, just didn't do anything anymore. And I hated that. I was like, no, because he's been here. Like, he's Betty's friend. Why, like, where are him and Betty? I know that, like, Veronica came in and she was the girl bestie. And that's good for Betty. But, like, Kevin is her first best friend. And I think that comes back later on in the series. So we might discuss that more later. But she talks about her crush on Archie, and Kevin looks out the window and sees Archie shirtless, and he says the famous line, oh my god, Archie got hot. And they look out the window, Archie's putting a shirt on, and I do have to mention, (laughs) he was looking at his phone while putting a shirt on, one-handed. And if I could give you the visual right now... (laughs) Why the fuck did he do that? Why did he... It's like he's holding up his phone, like, at a weird angle. And then he's, like, putting on a shirt at the same time. Like, what was so fucking important that you couldn't put your phone down to to put your shirt on? Like, I just don't understand, but whatever. So then they go to Pops. Archie and Betty go to Pops to catch up because they haven't seen each other all summer. Betty's been at an internship for a writer. I believe, or she was at some sort of internship where she met her literary hero, and Archie was working construction with his dad, and he is now ripped because of it, and so there's, what what I like about season one is there's a lot of forward thinking with it, there's a lot of forethought, I guess you could say, I, like, maybe I just didn't notice it when I watched it the first time, the season two, like, season two beyond, But there's a lot of foreshadowing with, like, a lot of characters' plot points. And there's not... I I didn't really notice a lot of foreshadowing in future seasons. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. But what I find very funny is Betty's... She quotes her literary hero, Toni Morrison. And apparently Toni Morrison said to Betty, Don't rush this time, Betty. It goes by so fast at your age. One summer can change everything. And Archie says, wow, that's so true. 
and he has this look on his face. And you know what he's fucking thinking about? He's not thinking about, construction changed my life. No. He's thinking about how Miss Grundy's pussy changed his fucking life. Miss Grundy's little kitty. His teacher's, his music teacher's vagina. I'll get into that later. <laughs> but that's what changed this summer, is he lost his fucking virginity to a teacher. But whatever. And Betty's oblivious about him thinking about other things. And Archie is so oblivious to how embarrassingly down bad Betty is for Archie. And I want to talk a little bit about this, because I'm noticing it. Because obviously, Betty's main love interest throughout the entire series has been Jughead. And I know that Archie and Betty get together later. And I think that that's a smart choice. I think that that was always a smart choice. Because... I mean, who's high school sweethearts? Who, like, that is so rare. And to have every teen drama end with these high school sweethearts, I find so annoying. So annoying. So, yeah. I just find it done, you know? Like, it's been done before, it'll be done again. But I, the different, so Archie and Betty now, they're so immature. They're not ready to be together, in my opinion. Because Archie, he's focused on other things. He's thinking about, you know, his life and what he wants for himself after he graduates. And Betty, it, she already knows. She's so set. She knows exactly who she is, what she wants to do at this point in the story. And the way that she acts around Archie is so nervous and meek and mild and... She's just, it's so, she's so embarrassing, embarrassingly down bad. It's so embarrassingly down, embarrassingly down bad. Like, it's, it's hard to watch. I'm like, girl, like, it's, it's not that, he's not that good. You know what I'm saying? But her with Jughead at this point in time in her character arc and for, for future seasons, I think they're so good for each other. Like, that is the right time for them to be together. However, after high school, they should not be together. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how it is and that's how it worked out obviously but she was not embarrassingly down bad for Jughead she it was a very natural sort of progression with them of like they were just hanging out and then they kind of just were kind of realized like hey we like each other it was very natural and it didn't make her nervous it didn't make her meek she was actually more confident around him and like, like, she wasn't intimidated by him because he treated her like an equal and they were interested in the same things. And it just seemed so much more natural for her than it ever did for Archie because she seemed so not herself when she was trying to make a move with him. So, yeah, I wanted to mention that. I'm not sure that will come back into play later. And so they're sitting in Pops. Veronica makes her entrance and they meet for the first time. Veronica makes a lot of references, a lot of pop culture references, references to movies, plays, celebrities, lots of things. And she comes in and she makes a movie reference to both Breakfast at Tiffany's and In Cold Blood. And she says them to Archie and Archie is like so mesmerized by, by her that he just nods and laughs. And I, I just genuinely, I know in the back of my mind that he does not know what the fuck she's referencing. <laughs> she, he does not know what she's talking about. Yeah, and so then the next day is the first day of school, and Betty's getting ready to go to school, and Alice comes in, and she's putting so much pressure on Betty. Like, it's her sophomore year. Number one, it's her fucking sophomore year. I did not realize how young these children were. They are 15. They're 15. They can't even fucking drive. And the shits, they're doing this shit, this shit's happening to them. Archie's fucking a teacher? Like, I don't, you know, you know, it's just a little, mm, a little, ugh. But yeah, they're 15, they're sophomores in high school, and Alice is putting so much pressure on Betty, and it just makes me feel icky, and I'm like, please stop. Also, something that's mentioned in this episode, and is never mentioned again in the entire series, is that Betty is on Adderall. It was such a small thing, and when I watched it, I was like, what? I did not know, like, what, I, like... I want to know, like, what are the, all the uses for Adderall? What are all of the uses for Adderall? Because, like, what could she, like, is it ADHD? I know that's, like, the that's where my mind goes first. But it's never talked about again. It's never not once spoken of. Then when they get to school, 
Archie's back. He's on the football team, so he's wearing his little Letterman jacket. And he, we meet Reggie. And Reggie's like, dude, you got fucking ripped. And uh, he's asking him what he did. And Reggie does this thing where he focuses on tea. I'm talking like hot teas. Like, or you could probably have them cold. But like brewed teas. He focuses on them so hard. And like he's talking about them like fucking steroids. He's like, what are you, t- what are you taking? Oolong? Ginseng? Like, bitch, what the fuck? Why are you so focused on the fucking teas? And why are you talking about it like, it, like it's drugs? Jesus. It, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Kevin enters and meets Veronica while Betty is giving a tour of Riverdale, Riverdale High School. And he mentions a few locations that are never mentioned again as well. I wanted to point that out. Kevin says that there's a strip club in Riverdale called The Ho-Zone and a gay club called Innuendo. And I don't think that those are ever mentioned again. Like, I don't think that they ever do anything with those locations. We also meet Jesse, Jesse, Josie and the Pussycats. I have my thoughts about them. I'll do that in a later episode when they're more prevalent in it. But I do have my thoughts about them as a whole. And, like, singularly, except for the one that I literally, I literally don't know the character's name. But I don't think she does anything at all in the... Like, she doesn't really have a storyline of her own. So that's kind of sad. But, again, I'll get into that. Then we see Cheryl again. And it's at sort of like a memorial assembly at school for Jason. And Cheryl looks fine. She looks fine so like in my mind because I know that Jason what 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 the actual plan was and that like you can tell Cheryl thought Jason was alive because her then think like when everybody thought oh he's dead versus her when she actually found out he was dead is absolutely wild and I can't believe nobody picked up on it because she seemed fine she seemed fine She was like, let's continue with our normal activities. Like, don't let Jason's death hold us back. She, she was, she wasn't crying. She wasn't hysteric, hysterical. I don't know, but she, you can tell she thought he was alive. You can tell she did not feel the need to mourn, did not feel the need to grieve because she was like, my brother is alive. And then obviously we get the flashback to the summer with Archie looking over to Miss Grundy at the assembly. That, oh, <laughs> I don't even want to fucking think about it. It was so, oh, it was so icky. It was so disgusting. And the way that she's like soliciting him to get in the car and the image of their beetle with them fucking in the back is still one of the most iconic images of Riverdale history like it's still used on the Netflix icons I'm not kidding absolutely wild and yeah Miss Grundy took Archie's virginity in her beetle and Archie at school is so fucking obvious about it like he calls her Geraldine loudly in the hallway and like ugh, he's so obvious about it and Miss Grundy is trying so hard to keep it under wraps she's like Archie fucking stop like he's so obvious it's bad and then we go to what's it called Fred's what's their fucking last name Andrews Jesus Andrews construction and we meet Fred Andrews Archie's dad and Hermione Lodge comes to pay him a visit and ask him for a job he also gives her a fucking badass line because they dated in high school and she was like oh yeah like you know we used to date and he goes yeah till you chose the rich kid Oh my god. Oh my god. So then we go back to school. And we have Archie's... He's playing his music. He's playing his music that he wrote over the summer. And it's like not that good. <laughs> it's it's mediocre at best. But like they're trying. You know? It's fine. And Veronica's kind of... She's just a flirty personality I think. And Betty is like automatically intimidated while also being confused by Veronica because Veronica was giving mixed signals. I'll tell you that. She was giving mixed signals in the first episode 
And Betty, I, she's, I think she's a very observant person. So she was like, I'm not sure what you're doing. Like, I'm very confused. And I would be too. But she's also intimidated by her because she's a very pretty girl. And she knows, she can tell that Archie finds her attractive. Cheryl comes up to the table. And she does this thing with her hair that she does later on in seasons. And I think she stops doing it when she gets a different hairstyle. But she, like, flips, like, her whole side, like, let me see, what side would it be? Her left side, right side of her hair, and she takes it with both her hands and, like, flips it all to one side. Like, she's trying to be cute. Like, it's like a hair flip or something, but it's like a whole dramatic, like, swoop of her entire head of hair. And Cheryl also fat shames Betty, which I forgot had happened. I really did. And it's very subtle. They're eating lunch. And Cheryl's talking about cheerleading auditions and Veronica's like, oh my gosh, yeah, like Betty and I will go. And she was like, oh, well, Betty's, she's got so much on her plate already. And she looks at her food. I'd never noticed that. Not until I watched this. And I was like, oh my God. And after Betty's like, I would love to be a cheerleader. But Cheryl told me I was fat last year, too fat last year to be a cheerleader. Which is absolutely wild. There's no such thing as being too fat to be a cheerleader, in my opinion. And also, Cheryl drops her Twitter ta- her Twitter name, which is at Cheryl Bombshell. <laughs> Follow me, at Cheryl Bombshell. Oh my god. The pop culture references are, cr- are cringe. The m- most cringe line has to... Maybe I'll do a most cringe line of the entire episode. Maybe that'll be what I do. I don't know. But the most cringe line has to be... Betty, you you should be the queen bay of this drab hive. What? <laughs> oh my, I can't. I just, what the fuck, Veronica? That came out, like, you had that thought, and then it came out of your mouth. And, like, I just, like, imagine the writers in there. Like, this is what the youth want to hear. No, what the fuck? Oh my god. So then we go to the music room and we see Miss Grundy and Archie having a conversation. It's a very heated conversation because they're listening to his music. So she's obviously turned on by this mediocre ass guitar and singing. And, you know, not to make fun. (laughs) The writers tried their best, I'm sure. But I feel like they weren't given much to work with. And uh, the, the lighting in the music room was weird. Like, why was it like that? And why was it kind of sensual like it was like some low lighting with like and it was like goldenish like it was giving very like sexy but like at a school I don't know it was weird and I got the vibe I got the sense like Archie like says no to being with Miss Grundy multiple multiple times he's like I don't want to be with you I just want to do music and Miss and he just wanted to be honest as well because they heard the gunshot on July 4th. And so they think that somebody maybe possibly shot Jason, but obviously that's not confirmed. They just heard a random gunshot on July 4th, the same day that a boy went missing in their hometown. So yeah, he wants to be honest. And that comes in later as well when they're at the dance. I'm skipping scenes now when they're at the dance and he again says I don't want to be with you I just want to make music please help me make music you went to Juilliard please help me he has he gives no indication that he wants to be with her she's the only one that's giving the like I don't want things to get like confusing with like I don't like she's giving she's the one talking about it he never once mentioned it he's every time he's mentioned it he said no So I want to point that out because I know that in like later episodes, it gets weird. It gets dirty. Cheryl, this is why I mentioned I'm a lesbian. Okay. It was, it was an insignificant little part at the beginning when I introduced myself, but this is why I mentioned I'm a lesbian because I, obviously Cheryl comes out as a lesbian later on and I love getting to notice it in characters beforehand and during because I'm a lesbian so I can see it like I'm like oh my god I did that too like this is me like I relate to that so I do relate to Cheryl on a level and that level is when she tries to like men and when she likes women so that's the that's the level that I relate to her on and the so at the cheerleading tryouts 
Cheryl, Betty, Cheryl's like, where's the spice? And Veronica, Veronica kisses Betty. And Cheryl, I can imagine Cheryl being a little closeted lesbian and being like, what the fuck? Like, I really don't know what to do right now. Like, that's so uncomfortable. Like, what do you say? Because you're trying to keep yourself in the closet and you're trying to like not expose yourself. But like, also you're like, that's kind of offensive, you know? She says faux lesbian wasn't taboo. Faux, faux lesbian hasn't been taboo since 1994. And she's completely correct. But she had to watch that. And Betty was kind of into it. I'm going to be honest. The I never was one of those Veronica shippers. I, but now I'm like, oh my God, like she was into that kiss. You cannot tell me she was not into that kiss. Unbelievable. Immaculate kiss though. It was fantastic. And then Cheryl asks about Polly and Betty gets kind of anxious. And when she gets anxious, she does that thing where she clenches her fists and it ends up with her fingernails digging into her skin. And they do this weird cutting of visuals of like shots of her squeezing her fists. And I find that very weird because I felt like it should have just been her squeezing her fists, opening her hand, the blood there, the cuts or whatever. But it like it was weird because it, it should have just been a split second or a second between Cheryl asking that question, her being stressed out, clenching her fists, unclenching them, looking at it, answering the question. Or I don't know if she looks at it, but she unclenches them and she answers Cheryl's question calmly. So it was a weird cutting. I did not I did not like that. And then Veronica gives her a little backstory of because Betty's like, Why are you being nice? Like why are you why are you doing this for me? And she she just explains how she got humbled. And humbling did her so well. She's she's trying to be a better person and I love that. Cheryl lets Veronica on the team but not Betty and Veronica makes a big big fit about it and she's like Betty and I come as a matching set and she said you want fire sorry Cheryl bombshell my specialty's ice and that's one of the most iconic lines of Riverdale and it's not even like fantastic but it's good it's a bad bitch moment I'll say that it served the editors right and a part of it is confusing me. Part of the storyline is confusing me because I think Cheryl and Jason were meant to be older than the other, than Archie, than the core four. Because Polly is Betty's older sister and Jason and Polly were supposedly in the same grade. And Cheryl is Jason's twin. So I'm very confused by that. And there's a slight thing mentioned about football. Like, where the coach is like, I usually don't let sophomores play varsity, but we have an opening. And he gives Archie Jason's jersey. because, but So, supposedly Jason, and Jason was the team captain. So, supposedly Jason's older. So, I'm very confused as to why Cheryl is, that, is like, later put in the same group. Was she held back? Was there a thing with her schooling? Like, I'm very confused. I don't understand it. But... I don't know, maybe the, I don't know, maybe it was just like a, like a thought and then they changed it or it just doesn't make sense. It's definitely a plot hole, 100%. And then Betty talks about her relationship with, or not about her relationship with Alice, but about what Alice did to Polly. She says the line, Polly, or Jason hurt Polly, but it was my mom that broke her. And I think that that's so sad that is so unbelievably sad because I think about the I have a younger sister she's four years younger than me and I think about the dynamic we don't have the best mom we actually have a shit mom and she obviously I've left home but she's still at home and uh, I think about our dynamic and obviously Polly is not at the home anymore and there's flashbacks to Polly protecting Betty and being very the, the, the older sister to Betty and like, that was very much my sister and I. My sister openly says to people that I raised her or at least had a huge hand in raising her. So I was I was protective over her. I'm still protective over her. And Polly's not there anymore. So her protection's not there anymore. And she's sort of left to realize what who her mom is and what her mom has done. And, and I just think, like... I don't know that just it's very I'm very retrospective about my my sister's my sister and I's relationship because it's evolved over the years and I love our relationship but I think that's just so sad people talk about older sister syndrome or older sibling syndrome a lot of the time and I definitely have that 
But I, I want, like, I want to know a little bit more, like, younger sister syndrome. And I think Betty's the perfect example of that, of being left at home while your older siblings go off. And you're left with the parents that they felt they needed to leave behind. And you're there to pick up the crumbs. And you're there to, to see the aftermath and see, you know, you remember what it was like when they were there. And obviously the parents were not great to them. And so I think... There's a, there's a lot to think about there. Then Veronica gets Betty to ask Archie to the dance, but Betty chickens out and she asks Archie if he wants to come with both Betty and Veronica. So Betty kind of ruins it for herself, to be quite honest. We're, we're threesome date to the dance, but okay. And then it cuts to Betty dancing in her room. And Betty is just so innocent and just trying to be a teenage girl, live her living her life, and her mom... Alice just brings her the fuck down. Alice is, like, actively giving Betty trust issues, like, beyond compare. It's absolutely fucking wild. Like, she's suspicious of everyone in her life, and that is so ridiculous and scary. No wonder she's on fucking Adderall, bitch. Oh my god. Oh my god. But okay, whatever. It goes back to the Pembroke, where Hermione and Veronica live, and a bag is left. And Hermione opens the bag, and it's a bag full of money. And Hermione's like, fuck this. Her fucking husband is the worst. The absolute worst. Because he's in prison. I didn't mention that, but he's, he's in prison. I feel like that comes into play a lot later in the series, but we'll talk about that. Archie's having a bit of an internal battle. He's trying to choose between football and music and then also his dad's construction company at the same time. Fred kind of explains it like Archie was very interested in taking over the company before he started construction and then found music while also finding Miss Grundy. So I am not sure if Miss Grundy helped him find music or if music helped him find Miss Grundy. Like, I don't know. Was it the chicken or the egg? I don't know. Archie's very conflicted and... He's trying to do all of it at once. And that, you know, that never works. Fred is such a good dad. And in Riverdale, there's not a lot of good parents. Even Hermione, we think she's good. And then she turns out to be not so good. And then it's like, we're kind of conflicted on her. And Alice is, Alice becomes a conflicting parental figure. But Fred, Fred stays so good throughout the entire series. And of course, uh, Luke Perry passed away in between filming seasons and so they had Fred pass away and that's that that's really sad because he was the best fucking parent and obviously Luke Perry passing away is also very sad even sadder but back to back to the dance there's weirdly like pictures of Jason hanging up in like at the in the gym at the dance and I never noticed that before maybe just didn't like maybe I noticed it but didn't pay attention as to like how fucking weird that is like imagine a kid goes missing at your school a month ago might I add and you go to the school dance and there's just flyers of him hanging like like it's not just one it's not just like one picture at the front it's big banners and then Cheryl gets up on stage and she says I want to present to you the Josie and the Pussycats they usually play their own music but tonight they're going to do a special cover in honor of an honor of Jason this is the song that my parents claim Jason and I were conceived to. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? That's so weird. Why? Why would you do, like, Jason loved this song? Or, like, yeah, I don't know. There's just so many other, other things that you could have chosen. And it's all through the night. Good song. Banging song, to be quite honest. I mean, banging, obviously, because uh, Clifford and what's her fucking name? The Blossom Parents were fucking getting that shit. Made twins. There's little moments with Moose and Kevin. I'm a Moose and Kevin shipper to the end of my days. Don't judge me. He's like, Betty, you'll never guess who just propositioned me. Kevin, you know, rushes over to tell her that. And then Moose is looking over at Kevin at the dance. It's very subtle, but it's there. And I loved that. And then at the dance, you can see Veronica and Kevin... Veronica and Kevin were the first Barchi shippers. You cannot change my mind on that. But I, Veronica also felt conflicted because she was attracted to Archie, but felt loyal to Betty, which like, 
obviously things didn't it's fine though we'll get into that later <laughs> but veronica was there she was one of the first barty shippers obviously kevin was there much longer and he knew about the crush much longer so he was the first but veronica was right behind him and then we go to cheryl's after party and i wanted to mention that tegan and sarah was playing in the background of in, at cheryl's after party no one knew she was gay be for real Tegan and Sarah, I mean, of course, it was Closer, which is, like, their radio hit, but Tegan and Sarah, she was like, I'm going to play the straightest one of their songs, but secretly, I listened to Boyfriend on repeat. Like, girl, be for real. (laughs) Be honest. You're gay. Um, And I wanted to point out also that Cheryl and Kevin are the two sides of the meddling gay spectrum. Like, Cheryl is, like, the like the chaotic evil meddling gay, and Kevin is the chaotic good meddling gay, and I love them both. At the after party, they play kind of spin the bottle, a version of it, and Veronica and Archie go to the closet for seven minutes of, in heaven. And they have a really awkward closet conversation, and then it gets kind of sexy. It gets kind of tense. <gasps> And they kiss. And I really do think that if it weren't for Miss Grundy, Veronica and Archie would have been together so much sooner. But, you know, she's there. She's weird. I also wanted to mention that Jughead does not make an appearance in this episode until 41 minutes into it. He does the voiceover for the beginning and throughout the episode, but he doesn't make a visual appearance until minute 41 which is almost the end of the episode archie and jughead have a conversation at pops but during this conversation we kind of learned that they were friends but now they're not and it's not really explained i kind of remember why but i don't remember it being that big of a deal (laughs) so that's maybe why i don't remember it and then it cuts to moose and kevin in the woods and they're about to do something you know, they're about to get it on. And Moose quite literally says, he wants to do everything but kiss. And Kevin says, gosh, I love a good closet case. (laughs) What? I don't know. When I was in the closet, I still wanted to kiss girls. That's like the first thing I wanted to do. Maybe it's different with men. I don't know. I have gay friends. We've not had that con- Hey, when you were in the closet, did you want to do everything but kiss? I've never fucking asked that. I don't think that that's kind of weird. In my opinion. I don't like that. But hey. To each their own. You know what I'm saying? And then Kevin and Moose find Jason's body in the river. But instead of looking like he's drowned, he has a gunshot to his head. And Kevin Keller is the son of the sheriff. So he calls his dad. Everybody comes to the river the next day, very early in the morning, and they they take Jason's body to the morgue. Cheryl is there, and I think with what they're doing is they're trying to make Cheryl look guilty. Obviously, this is a rewatch, so I know more. But I don't think Cheryl, now that I like know, I don't think Cheryl looks guilty. I think she looks confused. Like, she's genuinely asking herself... How did this happen? Why did this happen? Because when I left him, he was safe. He was happy. Oh, it's raining now. I don't know if you can hear that. But yeah, that's how the episode ends. So I really don't know how to end this. I think I want to do my favorite, my favorite moment or favorite character. My, my my most valuable character from the show, from this episode has to be Veronica. I think Veronica kept the plot moving this episode and she came with a good with a good backstory yeah and she was making a lot of references and I think they died they killed that down they put that down after a few episodes it's still there but like it's not like outrageous like it was in the like she made like I want to say like 20 references in this fucking episode so I think Veronica kept it moving she kept Betty going along. She kept Archie going along. Like, she kept every other character going along this entire episode. So, we'll see how that changes. I my, I would choose Kevin as well as the most valuable character. Simply because he's funny. He brings light to the show. 
he also has just a sense of of like a he's a small town boy like he's he's another version of this small town boy that we have in our minds because he's gay like people think he can't be that trope but I think he is I think he's just a regular jagular a regular schmegular small town guy who just happens to be gay also he is the one that finds Jason's body so he has a big plot point there Again, I'm not sure exactly how to end this. I hope the audio is not too shit. I have never edited audio before. I've e- I'm not very good at editing. I literally cannot even do Photoshop. But I'm going to try. Hopefully this isn't shit. Hopefully you come back for, se- for episode two. Episode one, this is pretty rushed, I will say. I didn't have a lot of time. I am going to go ahead and start on episode two so that it can be good and planned out and hopefully up by next Tuesday because hopefully this is out on July 4th if it's not then just expect it a week later okay I think we're gonna do a once a week but we'll see maybe every other week I don't know but I'm going to give myself time to get things together and the next episode will be a lot better a lot more planned out yeah I will accept constructive criticism do not do not um think that you're being mean I mean obviously be nice about it but like don't be like oh like it just be mean to say that. like give it to me I'm not a little piss baby I can take anything I can take anything not anything but like <laughs> please don't be terrible hopefully I don't know what what's the like Riverdale fandom called river fans I don't know I need to know the name but maybe I'll catch a few of you guys the river the riverdale fans the river vixens maybe that's that could be the name that's a cool name and hopefully you guys like it i i'm not so sure but i'm just going in i'm not going to think about it too much and i'm just going to post this and i hope you like it so this is me signing out i guess hopefully season season episode 2 will be of better quality thank you for listening if you listen if you listen this far i would love to give you some links or something like to an I'd be like oh this is my Instagram this is my email address but the fact of the matter is I have not created either of those things for this podcast maybe I will maybe I won't I don't know um definitely an email but I'm not quite sure about um an Instagram everybody seems to create one for podcasts so maybe it's possible I'll do it I'll try yeah I got a lot of things to think about I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you come back for the next because it will definitely be better Thank you. I hope you have a nice day or evening, night, whatever. Just have a good time. All right. Bye.